The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Tuesday edition of PFTOT. It's the extra show that we do to get to the things we didn't get to during PFT Live or things we'd like to talk about a little bit more. And I want to start with something that I addressed during the radio side of PFT Live. I want to get your thoughts on this, Chris. The NBA has a draft lottery. It happens tonight. Zion Williamson is the the prize. We just don't know who's going to win the lottery. Should the NFL have a draft lottery? I don't think so. I'm interested to hear how you're going to sell this to me, actually. Why do you think the NFL shouldn't? Well, because I think the NFL right now is the most competitive sport in our country. It's very close between, you know, the worst and best teams in the league. And I think it's set up the way where, yeah, I like that the worst team in football gets to pick towards the top of the draft and get their pick of the litter as far as the best players in the draft. But couldn't you take all the worst teams in the league and and create some sort of a system that would take away the temptation to tank? The whole purpose of a draft lottery is to take away the temptation and the opportunity to deliberately lose games sure. in the hopes of getting the best possible draft position. And there's not a sport that teams tank more than in NBA basketball. So it doesn't – You're there, I've won the case. No, but yeah. I, they tank no. in the NFL too. Yeah, no, I know they do. Here's my proposal. So, okay, go ahead. Yes. Here's my proposal. As, as I was riffing on this earlier, right. at one point I said, just take all 32 teams and put them in the lottery. Who cares? Give yeah. them all an equal shot. Who cares? Then you completely eliminate any temptation to tank because there's no connection between how you do in a given season and where you land in the draft. But I decided to revise. Okay, thank you. Picks 21 through 32 will yep. be determined based upon how you finish in the postseason. The okay. playoff teams you super win the super bowl you're last you you get knocked out in the wild card round you have the worst record you're first of the 21 to 32 okay the top 20 teams in the draft the teams that don't make it to the playoffs right straight lottery yeah no way to like the way they do in the nba no you didn't make it to the playoffs you are in contention for the first overall pick and they'll determine the order of round one based upon the outcome of that lottery you make it a two-night television event and does the team that's worse though have more you know no. balls equal. of play equal equal that is insanity equal absolute insanity. because because there's there's still an incentive to tank if you get more balls well, I, yeah, okay, but there's no incentive to the tank for any coach or GM out there completely. That's your, I understand they might been down this the road future. so many times. It's yeah, not about the coach and the and GM. It's about the wrong. owner. It's about the owner. Okay. The owner's the one who initiates the tank, right. not the coach or the GM. Well, how's it? Is he going down on the field and going, hey, quarterback, don't do no, this. Hey, coach, no. don't call what this play. No, he's going to the coach and the GM saying, I think we should see what the rookie quarterback looks like. I think we should see how the undrafted well, rookie corner plays. Well, I would just plays. tell you that the teams that are doing that and the owners that are doing that are probably not good football teams. The Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers did it in 2015. Right. and well, During a game. Well, I don't know. They haven't been very good. So, well, I don't know. But they did it. You know, okay, yeah, maybe at the end of the year, we feel like they did it. Towards the end of the year where they just were going, okay, we're not having a good year. Let's lose a few more. And it's not, again, where I don't think coaches are tanking in these incidences or the players are actually trying to lose games. Yeah, the GM, the coach, they might be putting out younger guys that don't give them the best opportunity to win the game, but there's still an end goal there. How can you not but acknowledge? How can, how can you not acknowledge there's a temptation to tank? Because I've been in NFL teams where we were 4-11 and 11 and we're going to the last but game 
it's of the year, and I player. go, okay. Not, there's no temptation for the player to tank. You want to win. I know, and there's, there's none for the organizational, coach either. No, but there's an organizational temptation to tank. I, I Look in basketball. I, you've admitted they tank in basketball. Hang on. You've admitted they tank in basketball. Yeah. Right? The players aren't deliberately playing like crap. Right. Right? The coaches aren't deliberately coaching like crap. Yeah. They're putting crappy players out there. Right, right. And then so, I, and I still don't know if I'm all in on NBA basketball, too. I just wanted to prove you wrong. But, yeah, I, again, I get it that the front office, you know, and owners, they might want a better pick or whatever it is. But, yeah, I just don't uh, – the coaches and players are going to compete. So, yeah, you're tanking to a degree, but I can't just flat out call it tanking when the guys that are out there responsible for the outcome are playing hard and the coaches are playing hard. And to your lottery thing with 20 teams being all involved in that, that is ludicrous. I mean, why? Because if the, you're either a playoff team or you're not a playoff well, team. Well, the Pittsburgh Steelers, you're going to give them the number one pick in the draft? If they win the lottery. Well, that's insane. That's just stupid. I don't know what else to say. The The – problem with doing the weighted lottery yeah. is that it doesn't completely remove the incentive to tank. And I think the reason the NFL won't do a draft lottery, because what a great off-season tentpole event that would be. It would be. Right? I get that. The, yes. the NFL won't do it, I believe. They don't want to acknowledge the disconnect between integrity of the game, try to win every game, and the value of being the team that has the first pick in the draft. Because right. there's clearly value. The higher you pick, the better. And every time there's a trade-up and you see what they give up to trade-up, you realize, hey, it is better to be bad. Yeah, yeah. So so they, they if they start down that path, the only way they could pull it off and not suggest that there's any legitimacy to the idea of tanking is make it a straight lottery. That's the only way they could do it. Because if it is weighted, they're acknowledging you benefit from being bad. Right. And we don't want to acknowledge that you benefit from being bad. You do. We just don't want to acknowledge it. I think that's why they don't do a draft lottery. Yeah, well, maybe. But, you know, also, you know, again, I I like the NFL's current system. The, the NFL's king in this country for a, a reason, and I think this is one of the reasons because of the competitive balance. And, you know, again, most people – Yeah, the competitive balance. The Patriots win every Super Bowl. Well, hey, this is a special team. But certainly we see a, a big rotation of other teams that are competing for it on a, on a, on a yearly basis. But, you know, when you get done – are you done texting now? Are you done? You, you good? You I'm listening We're to you. I wasn't on camera. Oh, you're listening okay sometimes good. sometimes sometimes there's situations no, we're at work we're at work what are you like a renegade are you antonio brown over here this you is know, new england uh, patriots type of my, show my, here. my wife wanted to know if i wanted to have breakfast right. and i said no i'm gonna eat with you so now go screw yourself i'll <laughs> breakfast with my wife bastard sorry jill That's i right. like jill i don't want her to eat alone but jill you don't want to eat with this guy anyways go eat by yourself <laughs> all right what were you talking about i don't i wasn't know. listening i was I, texting my wife i lost well people think that the lottery's <laughs> rigged in the nba anyways that's what I'm saying yeah. so you can't win sometimes in any scenario you set up Patriots win no matter what they yes. won't have Gronk this year they'll still win Josh McDaniels the offensive coordinator said recently that they're not sure how the offense is going to look without Gronk yeah. and Patriots fans to the extent that any are actually concerned that the Patriots won't be in the Super Bowl again they're concerned hey well we should know what the offense is going to look like what's your reaction when you hear that my, my reaction is this is like status quo for the New England Patriots this is why they're so great you know this is not a reason for concern this is just to me a reason why New England is New England because they go to every year they approach it as a total new entity it's a new start it's a 
clean slate. Players are better. Players are worse. Guys are dealing with injuries. We had to replace this player with that player, whatever it is. And they start to go through their team and they first evaluate their team to go, okay, what do we got? And now how can we start to implement the best system around what we got that we're putting these players in realistic uh, positions to succeed always? That's where New England sets themselves apart. You know, you know, when Matt Castle, when Tom Brady got hurt, they didn't go, well, Matt Castle, get in there and run Tom Brady's offense. A lot of teams do that, which is like mind-blowing and so stupid. No, they said, whoa, we got to change the dynamic of our football team and change how we coach and change how we call certain plays in certain situations. Everything was changed so that the Matt Castle experiment worked. That's where I just like New England, don't panic. This is just New England being New England and them finding the best way for them to win once again. Yeah, I I agree with you completely. The best coaches take the guys they have and they design a system to get the most out of the guys they have. And it is a living, breathing system that will change as the season unfolds. And one of the reasons the Patriots are always standing at the end, they get better as the season unfolds. They don't get worse. Teams always get better or worse. Very few stay the same. The Steelers are one of the, or the Steelers, the Patriots are one of the ones that get better as the season unfolds. All right. The, Hard knock series is something we've been talking about this week. The teams that are in it, the teams that aren't in it, the teams that are in the running potentially. We don't have a team yet. All or nothing is a lesser known in-season series that Amazon does that right. I think is better in certain respects People than hard it. knocks. They had the Cardinals one year, then the Rams and the Cowboys. Right. This year I'm told it's going to be the Carolina Panthers. Okay. They were six and two. It all fell apart. Yep. Cam Newton didn't know what was wrong with his shoulder. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they do this the right way, it could be very, very compelling. It could be a great look at how a team that feels like it's going this way right. all of a sudden just completely disintegrates, starting with a blowout loss on a Thursday night in Pittsburgh that really greased the skids for seven straight losses. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like they never recovered. I mean, and then that, you know, and I think the thing that jumps out to me there because I was just looking at their schedule going, gosh, they lost that game. They're 6-2. and two. You're going, I was sitting there going, they're one of the best teams in the NFC. They got a chance to be a legit Super Bowl contender. They lose that game on a Thursday night to Pittsburgh where they get blown out. Then they lose two heartbreakers in a row where they lost a close one to the Detroit Lions uh, when Cam Newton missed the wide-open re- receiver for the two-point conversion. And then they blew a game to the Seattle Seahawks where they really dominated and controlled the game for the most part. That, to me, was huge. I, I'm with you, Mike. Between Cam Newton and a team that was feeling like, man, we're one of the teams towards the top of the mountain, uh, to see that epic fall and how teams can become – you know. The, the the what do I want to say? Just the attitude around the locker room and organization, uh, I think, is one of the more intriguing things. Even when I was involved with it, it was an intriguing you know aspect just to see the change in mood in the building and how quickly it can all be different. There was a point last season where it felt like the Panthers and the Saints were destined for a two-game battle in 14 days apart yep. that would have determined number one seed and possibly no playoffs at all. Now, the Panthers fell apart before they could get to that appointment, but there was a while, week in and week out, through half of the season. Hey, look at the Saints and look at the Panthers. They're on a collision course, and yeah. they don't play until mid-December, and they play twice in three games, but it wasn't to be. But I, I think it could be if they do it right and if they're honest about it and they, they get into the Cam Newton not being able to throw the ball down the field and maybe some of the meetings and discussions about, hey, what the hell's wrong with, with Cam's shoulder, right. and they don't really know. It could be very, very well done depending upon what gets in and what uh, is omitted. All right, we talked a bit about – whether or not a coach is going to be fired during the season. Will there be 
one fired by week eight or week nine. The over-under we had at .5. And that led us to start speculating on the guys who may be under the most pressure. And you made a good point. A lot of the bad teams have new coaches. Right. So how much pressure really is there? Yeah. Well, who stands out to you? I know there's one guy for me who is head and shoulders above the rest as it relates to full season pressure and possibly being out of a job at the end of the year. Uh, and you're, guess- you're saying Jason Garrett? Jason Garrett. Yeah, I yeah. mean, Jason Garrett, I think, is the guy that pops to me as well. You know, we, yeah, he's going into the last year of his contract. We know Jerry Jones wants playoff wins and he thinks this is a talented roster and and certainly a Super Bowl caliber football team so yeah I think that I if you made me look at one guy who's under the most pressure in all of football I I would say it starts right there uh, with him after that then it becomes interesting the conversation you know where where do you think it goes? Who's the next guy in line for you where you go pressure? Is it Pat Shermer because of the Giants? I know you mentioned Matt. He's only Patricia. been there. Two, it's, he's only been with, there. This is second year. I know. I, I'm with you, but it's I think just, Mike Zimmer's under pressure. You think Zimmer's under pressure? I mean, he I got an you? extension. He didn't get yeah. an extension. They picked up the option to extend his contract by a year. So if he would get fired after this year, if they'd move on and go in a different direction because the team goes four and twelve and Kirk Cousins is a disaster and they decide to clean house, and I'm not saying they will. Yeah. But you're under pressure to you're under pressure to take this team and get this team to the playoffs or. There could be some tough questions. I think he's a guy who could be in some degree of of, of uh, jeopardy. Yeah, okay. And then I guess if we're going to put them there, then we're, we're talking pressure. Mike Tomlin's Mike probably Tomlin. another guy, right? If it's a disaster in Pittsburgh, yeah. the, the fans aren't going to stand for it. Yeah, right. I mean, do you think Mike Tomlin has to make the playoffs to save his job or continue to work there? I don't think he has to make the playoffs, right. but he better be better than 6-10. and 10. Yeah. 6-10 or worse, and I think he could be in serious trouble. Yeah, and it would be interesting to see. I mean, it, it really would be. Freddie but, Kitchens is under a ton of pressure, oh, even yeah. though he's unlikely to get fired. Here's the thing. Yeah. If the if the Bears – I just want Giants, then Bears, Browns. Third time is a charm. If the Browns just flat out stink this year, it's going to be Kitchens' fault. Mm-hmm. And as the season unfolds, you're going to have agents who are reaching out to the Browns Saying, you know, if you decide to make a change, I got the right guy. I got, you know, I got a yeah, guy who'd yeah, love to right. coach Baker Mayfield. Right, right. I got a guy who'd love to coach Baker Mayfield. Right. I'm not going to name names here, but you, that happens. Yeah, sure. And that could put the idea in Jimmy Haslam's head. You know what? Yeah, I've fired a lot of guys quickly, but you know, we gave this Freddie Kitchens guy a chance. It really hasn't worked. Maybe it's time to swing for the fences. We have the players now. We have to upgrade the coach. Right. Yeah. And, no, and uh, uh, I, it wouldn't surprise me. No, I, I, I hear you. I mean, he is certainly under pressure with that team, and everybody's, you know, looking at them because they're all excited about it. I get it, but. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys your guy? out there. What about your guy, John Gruden? Yeah, I, I pressure definitely. I, you know, I, I think it's interesting. At least we're saying pressure, though. It's not hot seat. I don't. That's where I'm happy. We're not. Well, they're all about, under pressure. Well, yes, they're all under pressure. But those guys, I do think, have a little bit more of, uh, you know, a microscope on them than maybe the other teams in football. Both Grudens probably uh, are think, in that category. I think everybody except Bill Belichick could have a bad enough season this year to get fired. You think so? Every coach. Yeah. Uh, McVeigh. Could, okay, zero sixteen. If the Rams somehow, some way would go zero sixteen, would would McVay get No, fired? no, yeah. he would not. I don't think maybe Sean it's Belichick would either. Uh, yeah, I there'd be a mutual party. What about Andy Reid? Zero and sixteen, but yeah. that's the thing; it's never going to happen. I know, I know. Yeah, I. Mm, but like, if they were maybe, yeah, maybe you think so. Yeah, I feel like those guys are kind of untouchable. I, I think Belichick, McVay. What about Doug Peterson? Yeah, he's untouchable too. I think still at this point. Yeah, zero and sixteen is a tough one to come back from. It's just right. hard to conceptualize it because it's not, these guys aren't going zero and sixteen. No, they're not exactly right. right. Um, one one more thing that I noticed yesterday with the oh, I saw you decision right of EJ Manuel to retire the twenty thirteen draft for quarterbacks. Like holy was crap, crap, Ola! I know crap. Right. He was the only first rounder that year. Right. 
Um, and I remember then because I was working on the was I working with the New England Patriots that year? Yes, I was during that draft process. And I remember doing EJ Manuel tapes, going, "There's no way this guy's drafted in the first round." I mean, that was that was one of the shockers to me. I, I uh, read I, off some of the names for me. I'm I'm looking at it right now. Here. Okay, I'm trying to pull it up. This is not. Uh, I mean, it's only your own. We- it's only your own website that wrote about it. No, no, but, no. But I, I want to get the full list. Uh, we uh, some of the guys who were drafted that year. Tyler Bray. Whatever happened to Tyler Bray? Well, he's the third stringer for the Chicago Bears. He's still around. He Tyler he's Bray. Still there. Yep. Matt Nagy brought him. Ryan Nassib. Remember Ooh. how he was doing his free fall? Doug Marone was the coach of the Bills at the right. time, and just not right. didn't draft him. Didn't draft him. Didn't yeah. draft him. Yeah. Uh, it was amazing in the meeting room, apparently. Matt Barkley, uh, Matt yeah. Barkley fourth hey, rounder. That's He's in Buffalo, one. right? Everyone told me he was going to be the first pick of the draft before he came back to college, so I don't know what happened there. Mike Glennon. Gosh. Zach Dysert, he's in coaching now, right? Who's yeah. he, where's he coaching? Is I don't it, even know. But I know like in Tennessee? Or, I, you got we me. should know that. Stats, look it up and tell me my ear. Geno Smith? Yeah, Geno Smith, okay? Geno Smith is the best quarterback of that class. Geno Smith, let me just say this too while we're on. Geno Smith, he deserves to be a backup quarterback for somebody. He's with the Seattle Seahawks He now. is as official. They signed him. Uh, I, he was I saw up the there. report. I just wasn't yeah, sure. I saw the report. But, you know, again, I think Geno Smith gets a very bad rap. I really do. I think he got a he did, he did he played one of the better games at quarterback for the new uh, for the New York Giants two years ago when he filled in for Eli Manning, even though all the fans were mad that they had benched Eli for that, and you know again he I was, was a- wrong about Zach Dysart by the way he's not in coaching. Uh, okay, go ahead. But then, and then Geno Smith too, you know a guy that was with the Jets when the Jets had no talent. You know they they made an explosion because yeah he mouthed off in the locker room and got punched, but Ryan Fitzpatrick got to be the quarterback of the team with all the new weapons at the time if you remember with with Brandon Marshall and everybody else. So I still think Geno Smith is uh, a pretty damn good player and deserves to at least be a backup i remember when geno smith had 25 touchdown passes and zero interceptions in five games at west virginia in 2012 a a high level scout that i know said if maryland had a decent safety he'd have thrown three interceptions in that game alone and that that underscores the the challenge that's college of taking college football and projecting what a guy will do at the next level and look talent eventually wins out so you know geno smith has had chances but he hasn't been able to to rise to the occasion yeah i I just i guess i i feel a little sorry for him the way it it unfolded here in new york and i you know i think his chance that he like i said in the 2017 season when he took over for eli manning out in oakland with the raiders he played a pretty good football game but the fans just weren't going to acknowledge no. it, and he just got abused for it. And uh, I feel like he's a little unfair, unfairly treated. And, and I think, regardless of your actual quarterback skill, you can get in unfortunate circumstances where you have a reputation that that just keeps people from ever accepting the possibility that you might be good. Yeah, they just won't buy in. No, they will. Your not. Play, and because your they're teammates right. are going to, they're going to hear it too. They're going to hear from their wives and their friends, and oh, that's your quarterback. Oh, that guy sucks. Yeah. Oh, no, he's not bad. No, he sucks. And then, well, maybe he does suck. You right. see one bad pass in practice. Yeah, that guy sucks. Yeah, and you just don't get behind him the way that you should. No, I, I, I totally get it. You know, I, I just to bring up a name that happened in Miami. I think of like Brent Grimes and his wife. All they did was rag on Ryan Tannenhill and how bad he was. And they went to Tampa and the results were worse, but nothing was ever said about Jameis Winston. So there's a perception that wasn't right, but constantly being put out there. And it does, it feeds the fuel at times. Yep. All right. Uh, well, we we fed the fuel. For, yeah. Did that even today. make sense? You, you have fuel? been shedding knowledge for the last two and a half <laughs> hours. He scared us earlier, folks. I don't know if you saw it on the TV side. He was talking about how he's always shedding knowledge. Shedding my, knowledge. My first thought was he was saying something other than shedding, yeah. and he didn't realize what my concern was, so he kept saying it until the control room said, "Stop saying it." Right. Yes, I know. I didn't know. I thought I was just messing up the use of the word once again. You need to shed some hair. You need a haircut. 
I, I like my hair. Yeah, I want people to realize it's actually my hair, so I let it grow. What? People think it's not real? People think it's a toupee. No, it's a beautiful head of hair. It is real hair. Yeah, I, I know it is. It's human hair. I'm gonna, it's not my hair. I'm going to yank it and it's, pull it no, real hard. No, but it is real hair. I know it is. J- Jill says to me, you right. should shave your head so people can see that it really is your hair and they'll see it grow back in. I said, but what if I would shave my head and it wouldn't grow back in? Then I'd be screwed. Yeah, you would be. Don't shave your head and you got a good head of hair so screw everybody else who thinks you got a wig. And it's not colored either. People think it's colored. You can see there's a lot of gray in there now. There's a, who would I'm think it's old, colored? Man. They must be blind. That thing's salty but, gray but over still, there. But still, there's a way to but you know oh, what? You're look, right let's on see. TV, it looks it kind of black. Better. Like, hey, why do you color your hair? It's like I don't. Yeah. No, yeah. I think fans it's the light there. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah, a lot of gray. Fans out there. He looks way older in person, so he's he's plenty of gray. just said Dick. <laughs> on that happy note, can we say dick on this show? Uh, you did. Just it's did. your show. <laughs> right. When are you moving up here to do the I'm show? I'm never moving up here. Okay. I'm never moving great up here. Great seeing you then. See great you next year. You. All right. See you. Everybody have a great day. We'll do this again Wednesday. <laughs>The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.